Thank you for joining the Once Changing the World, which is India's first future tech meets sustainability podcast. And today I'm delighted and honored to have with me Mr. Samir Arif, who's the founder of Swist. He's ex Jaguar. So, uh, Samir, really appreciate you taking time and being part of the podcast. I think the entire world has changed post COVID. You know, the dynamics have been so awesome. Almost all industries have, you know, pretty much got upended. on how they function and today i i think gen z are largely you know on the digital platform and we are also exploring the opportunity of instead of buying things renting out things and swift is one of the first of its kind here in uh, model here in india which is looking at an all inclusive electric vehicle subscription uh, what what was the what was the idea where did that originate from and how do you think is your startup going to help possibly us transition the most uh, polluted nation in the world to uh, a cleaner greener uh, nation you know, i agree with you um, i generally don't call it a uh, you know we're saying rental economy but i think mostly it's sharing economy that that's probably a more apt millennial and gen z word to say um you know very simply uh the sharing economy model or a subscription for a depreciating asset like a car or a two wheeler right at the end of the day these are depreciating assets unlike a house which appreciates you buy th- this vehicle at the end of as soon as you roll off it's dropped in value right uh now india is an ownership market but this is slowly changing you know again millennials and gen z want to be asset light switched his idea came from multitude of factors uh one factor was that you know from a personal experience i've never owned a car uh and that was one because i was very lucky to be a very young manager at jaguar land rover uh where as an early manager you got one vehicle uh, a jaguar or a land rover product that you could change every 6 months or 6000 miles you know 8000 kilometers which is brilliant uh, so every 6 months i was getting a new car then i made it to senior leadership and i was getting two vehicles so i had you know two and a half crores of asset sitting around but i never owned it i was just having access to it so you know as a person who's never owned a car has had great cars uh, it was why aren't normal people doing this secondly uh, this kind of subscription model uh, for electric vehicles was taking off in europe and the united states now the biggest hurdles to electric vehicle adoption there's three uh they're very expensive so the upfront cost is very high between 30 to 50% more expensive than traditional petrol or diesel vehicles right add to that range anxiety which is very simply where and how uh, is this is this going to do the range it says it does and then charge anxiety which is where and how do i charge this vehicle so these things stop people the same problems existed in europe and the united states now companies like onto onto in the united kingdom steer in the united states started t- piloting a subscription model and they did fantastically well consumers were coming in because you know your your upfront investment to get into this is very minimal compared to if you wanted to buy this using an EMI or loan system and everything is included so as a customer you just have to drive you don't have to worry about anything else insurance servicing breakdown support is all included in one payment um and fundamentally this model has to be adapted to come to india and which is what i looked to see if there was an opportunity was someone doing this and in reality no one was 
And so I looked at that opportunity and thought, well, from a two-wheeler and four-wheeler standpoint, because India is unique, where a lot more two-wheelers are sold than four-wheelers. Uh, but you have to do both to get enough consumers to, to, to try an EV, get into a subscription model, uh, and experience the benefits of not having asset ownership. You know, imagine being able to upgrade every month to a new vehicle. Lose your job, you can stop your subscription and just go into something else. So that's just a couple of benefits, but uh, that's how it's really started. And it's uh, so far taken off fairly well in a very small scale. Lovely. How cool is that? You know, I think, you know, like I said, I mean, earlier in the conversation that the entire dynamics is changing. And I think going forward next couple of years, it'll be, things will be much, much different on how we we travel, commute, or if, even, you know, the ownership thing, you know, specifically Gen Z, I think uh, their consumption behavior is changing. And I think the brands need to go where the future is. And, and the Gen Z is uh, looking at these different new models of how they live and they consume and, and they play. You mentioned of the the pros of uh, ownership uh, versus a rental model. Would you like to elaborate that on that a little better? Because I think, you know, today, even the banks are going bonkers when in acquiring customers, you know, they're going all out and giving out, you know, lots of facilities to kind of, you know, break for the EMI and stuff like that. Uh, could, could you elaborate on, you know, why would somebody go ahead and not buy a, a car versus rent a car? Yeah, so let's get a few things also, again, from a language standpoint sorted, right? In my industry, a rental is a short-term rental, like a Zoom car or a Hertz or an Avis, where you rent for an hour, a day, two days, 10 days. You're going on a holiday, you're a corporate traveler. Then we have leasing, which is long-term, you know, 12 months, 24, 36 months commitment to a vehicle. You don't own it, but you lease it, and then you return it. Then obviously we have ownership. At the end of a cycle, you own it or you own it outright. Subscription is what a new age term is, which is a pure monthly subscription like Amazon uh, Prime, like Netflix, right? Where it's, it is technically uh, a monthly rent, you know, rental, you're not owning it, but it's a pure from a language standpoint, a subscription. Um, I think, you know, the, the most important point to note about why a subscription versus uh, the ownership model, right? Now, in the ownership model, when we have to take the majority of, of, of normal people, right? 90% of all vehicles in India are some kind, in some way, shape or form in a finance, right? So people are buying them through a loan. That's the traditional way of buying a vehicle. They put down a down payment, which is usually anywhere from 15 to 25% of the value of the vehicle, right? So let's say you're buying a one lakh rupee bike, you have to put down 15 to 25,000. In most cases, if your credit score isn't great, you're going to put down 25,000. There is no escaping, right? Then you have to pay the bank an EMI to own the vehicle anywhere from three to five years, right? So you have to commit to that kind of time frame. Um, then you've got that. Then the insurance is separate purchase. Then the maintenance servicing charges are all your headache. If you break down, you have to get breakdown assistance. That's your headache, right? So all of these things. Uh, and we were talking about asset depreciation. You buy the vehicle for one lakh three to five years later, it's worth 
25,000. So what you get back is your down payment essentially, right? And you can't upgrade, you can't get rid of it. If you, now and then let's start bringing in some other issues. Let's say uh, Eddie got a vehicle, right? Eddie, you're a podcast guy. Let's say you lose your job. You can no longer make any podcasts. <laughs> um, suddenly you've got an asset lying around, you're paying EMI towards it. You have no job, you have no income. How are you gonna pay that EMI? If you try and sell it, the bank will got, you know, uh, charge you foreclosure charges. In most cases, they won't even let you sell it, right? So now you've got an asset that is depreciating and you've got to pay EMI on. So that's a headache again. If you leave Karnataka, let's say you leave Bangalore and you go to Chennai and you get a new job there. If you take this vehicle from Bangalore to Chennai, the police there will harass you because you have to have it re-registered from a Karnataka board to a Tamil Nadu board right? You've paid lifetime tax in Karnataka. You have to claim it back from Karnataka from the same RT you had it registered, then pay it back in Chennai. What a headache, right? That, so all of this stuff you're now starting to understand because if you try and sell it, you're going to not get that value anyway, right? You're going to sell it to a used car retailer. The only way he makes money is by giving you a really low price. So then he can sell it back for a higher price. With subscriptions, it's a fundamentally different ball game. Your upfront cost for a one lakh vehicle with Switch, for example, let's say I charge you three and a half thousand rupees a month for it, right? So your upfront cost is 3,500 plus security deposit of 3,500, 7,000 rupees versus 25,000 rupees. That cash is saved. You can do something with that cash. You can go on a holiday. You can stay a night at the Taj if you really want to do that. Or you can invest it somewhere. That's money you've saved. There's no insurance payment. There's no servicing payment, no breakdown support payment. It's all included in the price you pay, right? Let's now start looking at other things. With Switch, we even refund the electricity costs of charging the vehicle, right? So we pay for you to drive in very, very simple terms, right? No one else does that. So now you're not even incurring the electricity costs. You've got a new vehicle that you're using. You've gotten bored of it. Next month, Eddie says, I want to switch my vehicle to an Ola S1 Pro from an Aether 450X. Great, Switch will deliver that to you, pick up this vehicle. You don't even move. You've done minimal paperwork to do that. You sign a new contract, that's it. Payment goes up and down. Now, you, let's say you've lost your job. You've got a vehicle, you stop your subscription. That's it, your payments immediately start. You move from Bangalore to Chennai, you stop your subscription here, you start a new subscription there. Right. Every time there is a new vehicle, yeah, the 460 comes out, the new Nexon comes out, the new Mahindra EV comes out. You can stop the subscription, go into the new vehicle. That is unbelievable value. Right. You go on a long holiday. You don't need to have to pay for this. So subscriptions are a huge amount of value. They save money up front. They're everything included. So your mind share is reduced. You can concentrate on other things. And at the end of the day, they let you enjoy fantastic products without a long-term commitment. I, I don't, I, personally, I don't know why people buy cars or bikes. I just don't. But India is an ownership model because we're geared that way so far. Right. I completely understand. I think in the next few years, maybe the mindset uh, will change because, yes, uh, th th there are so many dynamics playing out. And like, like, like you said, once the the larger population understand about this subscription model and the pros which are loaded on it 
I, I think there could be a, a transition from you know ownership model to a subscription model that you're talking about. Uh, earlier in the course of the conversation, you also mentioned about the hurdles to the adoption of electric vehicles. Now everybody knows the the positives of the pros of you know moving or transitioning to a cleaner energy you know and the evs but like you said there are hurdles you know there are genuine infrastructure issues and and, and uh, problems do you have a plan a roadmap to you know sort out the these problems of adoptions of uh, evs the the simple answer to uh, electric vehicle adoption and mass right is is multifold so if we take the gold standard of ev adoption which is norway or sweden or finland you know where evs are greater than 70% of new vehicles sold right are all evs so it's basically only evs uh, they've had a comprehensive uh, government policy on ev adoption uh, you know a lot of subsidy huge subsidies to a point where a Tesla was sometimes cheaper to buy than a Honda because of the subsidy grant that was given. Really now, significant taxes on fuel for them, uh, for if you bought a petrol vehicle, you know, upfront taxes have gone up if you buy a fuel vehicle. Investing in infrastructure from a government as well as private player standpoint, allowing consumers to, to have charging infrastructure in their home, making electricity affordable, cheap, and so on and so forth. So, even in India, it has to take a comprehensive approach, right? EVs will only work with the ecosystem, right? Um, you know, it took, it's taken many years for us to have a fuel station every five kilometers, right? Um, you know, we're talking 50, 60 years of, of constant development. EVs will get there much faster because setting up infrastructure for an EV is much faster because electricity supply already exists. You have to set up charging points. That's all you have to do. You don't have to worry about explosions of, you know, tanks if you store lots of fuel in there. You know, you can just set something up very easily. So the government policy, India has has, has one, but it's uh, not overly comprehensive. FAME 2 is fantastic. Uh, and FAME 3 and FAME 4, we have to see what the government comes out as. So that's a subsidy question. Then there is the infrastructure standpoint. And infrastructure is in multifold, right? Because India is a more complicated and a very large market and a very large country, you've got two-wheelers and four-wheelers, you've got commercial vehicles, you've got three-wheelers. It's not Europe, it's just cars. You know, two-wheelers aren't really spoken about. So you need to have slow chargers, fast chargers, rapid chargers, and multiple different types of rapid chargers. Everyone at home never has three-phase electricity, right? In a normal house, you have single-phase electricity, which means you can't fast charge. You can only slow charge. So there's inherent issues that you have to deal with. Um, the government is setting up infrastructure, but lots of private players are also coming in. But the other problem is there's not enough choice of vehicles. From a four-wheeler standpoint, you can count the number of vehicles in your palm. Tigor, Nexon, uh, now Tiago. Mahindra has one EV, uh, right? MG has one EV. Hyundai has one EV. Kia has one EV. And the price points are so varied and they're so expensive generally that majority of people can't afford them. The Tata Nexon petrol top model is under 14 lakhs, I think 13 something lakhs. The Tata Nexon EV top model is almost touching 19 and a half lakhs, right? Everything included. So that price difference, you're never going to spend on fuel. 
So someone is making a conscious lifestyle decision to buy an Exxon EV, not because they want to save costs and fuel, because they want to project that they're an EV buyer. So the way that Switch does it is comprehensively handholding. We do a lot of the hard work and we don't get a lot of reward for it, but that's okay. I think someone has to do it. So when you come and talk to Switch and you join our wait list, you know, that first phone call from Switch isn't one or two minutes. It's anywhere from 15 minutes to 45 minutes, depending on all the questions that a customer wants. And no one really knows why they're going in for, let's say, an Aether or an Exxon, right? They may want one, but then they don't have a charging point in their house. Uh, so in which case, they may have to get a bounce or a revolt where you can take the battery and charge at home. So the vehicle that they may want is something they don't get. They take something else. And then if they want a charging uh, point in their, in their house, which does the installation, obviously the customer pays for that cost because it's a one-time investment. But they can trust us to do that, you know, because we become certified as electricians are certified. We then give them access to a lot of different public charging points, right? Like Kazam EV, Bolt EV, um, Aethergrid, uh, all of these, are, they've set up their own public charging points because customer can go and charge, Tata Power, Bescom. So consumers then have access to tens of thousands of chargers in case of an emergency charge. But, you know, the data is simple. 90% of all charging is done at home, right? And now offices are setting up and so on. Uh, but that handholding is very important and very needed. But manufacturers, subscription businesses like me, governments, charging infrastructure providers, insurance companies, and banks all need to come together to make uh, EVs actually accessible and affordable. Today, they're not. We all know that uh, you know cities like Bangalore, Delhi, Bombay, Calcutta are extremely heavily, heavily uh, polluted uh, cities and ICE vehicles are the major uh, cause of uh, air pollution uh, here in India. And in fact, a report uh, suggested that 8% of total greenhouse gas emission, gas emissions in India are from uh, transport sector and Delhi, it seems, exceeds 30%. And that's the reason it's, it's I think, uh, second year, the most polluted uh, city in the world. I, I hope the, the stakeholders, the government, uh, the OEMs, you know, they all come together and take an urgent decision because, you know, we, we, we all talk about climate emergency, but somehow mm. I see a lack of uh, uh, urgent reaction to the uh, uh, the emergency because even India, if, if, if you look at uh, the net zero goal, the it, it's 2070. I don't even understand or know whether we have the privilege of waiting out uh, till uh, 2070. Uh, can you talk a little bit more about uh, Swiss? Uh, you, you mentioned that you, you have two wheelers and, and, and four, four wheelers. What are the vehicle brands that you provide? And is this a B2B or a B2C uh, business? Yeah, sure. So Swiss provides um, two wheelers from multiple brands. Uh, we have uh, Aethers, we have Olas, uh, we have Bounce Infinity E1s, we have Revolt RV400s, we also have some Euro electric vehicles. And we'll work with any uh, manufacturer. We're going to explore adding some more. So, you know, new age startups like Oben, Ultraviolet, we're, we're going to have some talks with them. Uh, TVS has its vehicle, Bajaj has its vehicle. So we'll be adding more and more uh, as consumer demand comes for those vehicles. But we're happy to work with any manufacturer 
uh, that designs, manufactures, and wholesales its vehicles. And designing is very important. What Switch won't do is work with a kit assembler. You know, someone who's buying a kit from China and then assembling it here, slapping their badge on it. That's not something that we're okay to do. Design is a very important aspect and you need to be designing in-house and manufacturing and wholesaling, right? Um, and from a four-wheeler standpoint, we have Tata vehicles, so Nexon and the Tigor. We have MG vehicles, MG ZSEV, the Hyundai Kona. Uh, so that's what we offer now. We haven't really looked to offer anything else, but again, like I said, we'll, we'll work with any OEM that's designing, manufacturing and wholesaling uh, its vehicles. And there's customer demand for them. And that's also very important. So we do both actually. Primarily we're a B2C business where we deal directly to the end consumer. Uh, we also have B2B clients not from a, a Swiggy and Zomato logistics perspective. I think there's companies already tackling, tackling that problem. We're tackling the uh, problem of uh, corporates with our employees who don't have schemes that can give their employee an electric vehicle, right? Uh, if you also look at it this way, a lot of people do business travel, right? They drive their car up and down for business, they drive their two wheelers, but no programs exist to convert those fleets into electric. Right? Corporates want to do it, but they can't be bothered. Their HR team doesn't know what to do. And their, you know, the employees aren't really asking for it because they're too scared. So Switch makes that very easy. He says, don't worry, we'll give you a, a you know, an, an employee program. Uh, it works very, very well because they can claim the lease expense as a lease payment as an expense. Uh, and the employee gets it as a perk. Uh, so they're very happy job, you know, the employee satisfaction retention goes up. And as you know, in India, people leave jobs crazily, right? especially in the IT industry to jump ship. So all of this works in their favor um, to switch hands all that as well. Right. Uh, could you elaborate a little bit on the business model, you know, because as a startup, especially which has been bootstrapped, uh, uh, being asset heavy, you know, because you 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 are acquiring all the cars, you're buying all the cars, right? So maybe maybe talk a little bit about that, and, and what's the price point? For supposing if I'm a customer, uh, uh, what's the price point? Hmm, sure. So um, we, the the business model uh, is multifold, right? There's no one single answer. We own some vehicles that I bought with cash. That was my initial investment into the business, just under one crore or so. So that for those vehicles, we bought with cash, right? Uh, after that, we were looking for finance agreements. Uh, so we have operating lease agreements. We'll also do structured debt. So we'll buy, we'll get debt and then uh, buy vehicles from that debt, do traditional auto loans. But as a startup, it's very difficult to get debt financing in place, right? Um, but you know, if you're from the industry, you have some contacts, you've got a good base, uh, you've proven that you can make revenue, you've got good customers, then, then things become slightly easy, but it's a complicated way to do it. So we're not asset heavy, we're not asset light at the same time, but you know, there's a good mix of them, um, um, right, that we have to do. Subscriptions or switch start at, for a two-wheeler, currently start at about 3,999, so just under 4,000, all inclusive, uh, to about 5,500. Um, so the, you know, for Hero Photon, it's 4,000, for Aether and Ola, it's about 5,500, plus GST, which is only 5%, for an EV, 5,700. They're all inclusive, um, and that that comes down because we refund the electricity cost to you. So it's not five thousand seven hundred; it's five thousand seven hundred minus how much ever it costed you to drive that vehicle, uh, right? So so a customer keeps winning at the end of the day, depending on how much they drive, because it's a good incentive for them. They're actually getting money paid back to them for driving. 
Um, and for a four-wheeler, because four-wheeler is significantly more expensive, uh, but we match it to what an EMI uh, would be on a long-term period. That's how we switch tries to match it. Starts at about 30,000 for the Tigo, uh, top model, which is the top, mod, top, top model, goes to about uh, 60,000 for the MGZS EV and the Kona. Right? And the Nexon is smack bang in the middle at 40,000, which is the XE Lux Plus model. All the works, sunroof, automatic headlights, you know, white leather seats, uh, uh, the, the fantastic sound system, or, or literally all the works. We don't want the customer to feel like they're getting into a vehicle that, you know, is the entry model. That's not something you want to do. Right. Uh, you're operational in Bangalore, right? Uh, are there plans for expansion? Uh, what's what's the yeah. team size? And yeah. if I'm a consumer who wants to, if I'm Bangalore, I want to leverage that. How do I, uh, is there an app? So we're in Bangalore at the moment. With like Swiss is less than one year old at the moment, right? So it still needs some time to, to expand. We will be expanding. Uh, we'll be announcing our fundraise very, very soon. Uh, hopefully by the end of this month, we can do that. Um, and we'll be moving to other parts of, of India, namely South India first and then to, to the north of India. Uh, the plan is to add more than a thousand vehicles in the next 12 months, uh, right? To, to really, really get enough vehicles out there to, to leverage our scale, get more customers, reduce the overall impact. By the way, switched is carbon negative. Uh, if, you, if you didn't know, we, we actually don't produce any, any CO2. We, we, the, the more vehicles we add, the more we take out of the, 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 the countries. There's, there's a handful of companies in the world that are carbon negative. Switched is one of them. Uh, there is an application getting built. Today, if you want to join Switched, you, you go to Switched's website and you join the waitlist. Unfortunately, it's still a waitlist. The demand is significantly higher than supply, almost eight times in, in some cases to what I actually have uh, available uh, to give out. Uh, we have a warehouse been empty for almost two months now. We, as soon as the vehicle comes, it goes out. Um, and, but the application should be available for customers in the next 60 days. Uh, and it's not just to book or subscribe, it's also to manage your vehicle, manage your subscription, lock, unlock your vehicle, see the charge status find chargers. So it's a comprehensive subscription platform uh, and EV platform on its own. You know, we, we have such a huge problem uh, with the climate crisis and everybody needs to come together to try and, and solve this problem because it is an existential threat. It's just that we are not addressing it as one. But companies such as yourself who are laying the building blocks of this, this cleaner way to commute uh, uh, travel, I think will go a long way in possibly reversing this climate crisis uh, uh, that we are faced with. So uh, kudos to you and the team. Uh, wish you the very best. Uh, if there are entrepreneurs or startups who want to build a business in this line, uh, what would be your advice to them? <laughs> um, I think, so I'm a first-time entrepreneur, so you know, never done it before. Uh, just been a corporate guy uh, since the time I left, you know, while I was at university and since then. Um, I think, you know, there's a few things that I've learned uh, that, are, that are probably extremely difficult um, if you're an entrepreneurship and you want to become one. One, it's going to cost you a lot of money, uh, right? Two, it's going to cost you a lot of time. And you need to make sure that the time you're going to dedicate, you're happy to lose. Uh, 
99% of all startups fail. Uh, you know, they're never able to raise any money and they stop, right? By the time you raise any money, you're lucky enough. Uh, then you may still fail after that, right? Seed round, you know, many, or again, there's a very small that make it a series A and so on and so forth. So you need to be okay with that fact. Uh, and secondly, I think the most crucial thing you need to have is perseverance. As just as human nature, we love saying, nahi kaam karega. this is not going to work. You'll hear it everywhere, you'll hear it all the time, right? You'll hear it from your family, from your friends, uh, from the authorities, uh, from, you know, transport is a regulated industry, they'll say it won't work. They won't even give you a license because they don't want thinking it's going to work. Well, it's not in there. They can't deny you a license. It's law that if I apply for a license, I have to get it if I meet the criteria. Um, so, you know, don't get disheartened because everyone will say no. You won't get funding. You will you will be not sleeping. I've lost 10 kilograms of weight, right, since I started my entrepreneurship journey. Um, but hopefully there's reward at the end of the tunnel. Um, and as long as you're learning uh, and you feel like there's something good coming out of it for you, uh, then I think it's the right decision. But genuinely, for anyone thinking entrepreneurship, please think about it over days, not over a night. Wish <laughs> uh, you the very best, Samir. Yeah, but yeah, I, I think the, the new bunch of entrepreneurs are extremely resilient and, and they are pushing the barriers of what once we termed impossible, you know, because the kind of innovation uh, and entrepreneurs who are doing cool stuff is, is really, really mind boggling. Uh, what's the roadmap ahead for you and Switched? Yeah. So for Switched, uh, it's primarily uh, scaling. We want to, you know, we have a very large wait list. We want to give people more vehicles. We have to, you have to get more vehicles out there. That's the fundamental thing. Uh, and to really, really leverage our, our expertise and knowledge and, and our tech uh, to also help other companies who may want to do something similar to give the government data on usage statistics on how much CO2 is being removed from uh, the environment, uh, you know, actually make an impact. I'm actually asthmatic. So the more vehicles that I put on the road is better for someone like me to breathe in a city. Uh, so and there's hundreds of thousands of people like me who will benefit so really make an impact on human life as well. Um, and, uh, you know, get switched to a point where we can uh, get the next round of funding, a larger round where we can scale across India, right? And really prove out this concept at this stage that it is now. And for me, you know, I want to continue leading this. Uh, it's my journey. It's my first entrepreneurial journey. I would like to see it scale and it's my baby in that sense. Uh, I am generally wanting to create a lot more employment as well. I want people to, to, come into Switched, learn, uh, experience electric vehicles, learn how to live with them and spread the word uh, as well at the same time. Uh, could, could, and could as you... long as I can try lots of new cars and bikes, I'll be very happy. You know, uh, not? Could you briefly, b- briefly share your views on the future mobility, what the future mobility looks like here in India? Yeah, I think the future mobility in India is probably slightly different to the rest of the world, but not so much more than, than we think, right? So, um, there's going to be sets of different kinds of transportation. There's obviously public transport uh, from a metro standpoint, buses standpoint, uh, that will continue to evolve. That's needed. Uh, then we obviously are now very 
well versed with ride hailing, which will continue to, to expand in some way. But I think Ubers and Olas have a lot of work to do to improve to what they were used to be, right? They become expensive, they become smelly and dirty. And the worst part is they cancel all the time. A consumer is so now used to pressing and saying, come get me, that they don't want to wait. The hours of waiting for cancellation is ridiculous. Right, so they have some work to do, and which is why Blue Smart and Envy companies like that are now coming in, where it's like we'll own the asset, we'll give you a driver, we'll be professional in an electric vehicle. I think that's fantastic. But personal mobility, you cannot get away from. You cannot get away from personal mobility. It is needed either because for commute or for groceries or to just because you need a personal mobility. So I think those will continue and shared mobility will over the next, I think, five to 10 years become a more common, more apt thing. Uh, Eddie, our lives are getting expensive, right? Inflation, everything expensive. And we want more things. Our phones are getting more expensive. We all want a new phone all the time. Our rents are going up, but our salaries are not going up, right? So if you need mobility and mobility comes at a price, then an alternative business model or ownership model or uh, shared mobility is needed. So companies like Switched, companies like Vogo, uh, Zoomcar, you know, we're all trying to hit a certain kind of mobility segment because we're all betting on the fact that consumers will expand to it. And I think Indians will adapt and Indians will get onto it, especially in metropolitan cities, very easy to convince someone. In a tier two, tier three city, it's very different. You know, they don't have the needs of immediate travel. They're very happy to wait. So as the urgency comes in, as wealth increases and our need to spend our wealth on other factors go up, mobility will take a different approach to what India sees it as now. Lovely. Uh, Samir, really appreciate you taking time and being part of the podcast. Wish you the very best. I think you, you, you guys are doing something really, really fantastic. And uh, I hope this trend is followed and more startups look at these kind of business model where you cut out the hassle for the consumer and make EVs accessible for everyone, which will have a larger impact on the environment also. So thank you once again for being part of the podcast. To my listeners, if you like what you see in here, then please press the subscribe button. Until next time, see you guys. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you, Samir. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Super. Man.